0: Welcome into 614 and Beyond. I am Jason, a.k.a. Fire the Cannon, and as always, we are brought to you by the Last Choice Network. Be sure to check out Last Choice Network on YouTube or wherever you find your favorite podcast. and thanks for making us your choice, even if it was your last. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on. Um, I think it was January, maybe late November, maybe even mid, mid-November. I'm not sure. Uh, took a little time off for the holidays, had a bunch of Blue Jacket games to go to. And uh, just kind of chilled out for a couple, a month, month and a half Like I said, the holidays rolled around and, you know, it came and went pretty fast So I'm going to jump back on this horse and see if we can't uh, put out some pods for you guys And let you listen I know a couple people have been asking me, you know, when uh, I'm going to be potting again So I thought I'd jump on here and do a couple things So uh, first things first, I want to give a, a big shout out to Romeo's Columbus They are unreal uh, for the community and I uh, just want to say th- big thanks to you guys for what you guys are doing for the community and also um, with some upcoming stuff that we have going for you um, with a with a watch party and stuff like that. So big thanks to you guys. Also big thanks to Endeavor Brewing. Uh, just got an update that the Union Soldier beer that we helped create with Endeavor is doing really, really well and multiple stores are reordering it, and our bars keep it stocked, and we're selling a bunch of it, so um, big shout-out to Endeavor. Also, big shout-out there by buying it, and hopefully you're enjoying it. Uh, it's a pretty good beer. So, um, yeah, so, again, shout-out to you guys. Uh, also, to everybody out there who interacts with me on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, big up to you guys. Love you guys. Uh, all right, so let's jump in, talk about some Blue Jackets here. Obviously, we know that the year... Uh, not going too swell, right? <laughs> um, it's been rough. Obviously, when you when you lose, even even losing forty million in payroll, they weren't going to be super, right? We all knew that one guy wasn't going to change the uh, the whole franchise. But when everybody starts going down, obviously it it hurts a lot. So um, obviously, I think they're dead last right now in the standings, if I'm not mistaken. Um uh, going into tonight's game they have they actually have a game tonight in calgary so that should be really fun um but yeah we're 14 30 and 2 14 wins 30 losses and two overtime losses and 30 points minus 61 in the differential and they played 46 games that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, the bottom four really is is who, um, and really the bottom five, I guess we'll throw San Jose in there too. Uh, but CBJ with 30 points, Anaheim 31, Chicago 32, Arizona 35, San Jose 37, and Vancouver 39. So you got six teams there all looking for that, essentially that last, um, well, you want to get in the top, or the bottom, yeah, the reverse top three, uh, the bottom top three. So our reverse power rankings are CPJ at 32, Ducks 31, Blackhawks 30. Who uh, we got the Coyotes at 29, Sharks at 28, and Vancouver at 27. So those are the important ones. I'm sure Montreal, I'm sure they'll start tanking here pretty hard. Um, I'm not sure Ottawa wants to or Detroit, but those are the teams that really are kind of close, but really I don't think they're going to make it. Um, so, yeah, there you have it, the reverse. Uh, we are number one. In the reverse power rankings. So there you go. Um, When it comes to the team, you know, I'm I'm not a tank fan, obviously. Um, Obviously, this year's is over. It's a wrap. But, um, you know, I think we got 14 or 15 home games left. I said it a few times. I want home wins. I don't care what happens on the road. Um, We only have three home games in March. So it's going to take care of itself Anyway. But I, I, you know, I, I go to every game, have season tickets, and I'm sure most everybody feels the same way, even if they admit, you know, won't admit it. Um, you want to, you want to see wins at home. You want to get points. You want to have competitive games. Um, I don't pay to see losses. So do what you got to do at home. Do what you got to do on the road. That's all I'll say about that. Um, you know, like I said, the season's over. Only on pace for like 59 points, 58 points. You know, try to nail down one of those top two picks, maybe top three. At worst, but we all know the Blue Jackets ain't getting the top pick. I don't care where we finish. I don't care if we're finished with 48 points on the season. We ain't getting that top pick. So uh, <laughs> That's just how it is. I'm sorry. At NHL, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, we ain't getting that top pick. It's going to be nice if we do, obviously. But, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I have said all along I think it's going to Anaheim. But... On the season right now, uh, just speaking facts, no, you know, no super opinions here. But uh, Johnny Gaudreau, obviously leading the team with 13 goals. Patrick Kane, 13 goals. Boone Jenner with 12. Gus Nyquist with 10. Sean Corrali with nine. That rounds out your um, your top five in goals. In the assists, uh, you got Johnny Gaudreau with 31. Jack Roswick actually has 22 assists. That's uh, with with the up and down season that he's had. Most down. Um, Twenty-two assists actually shocks me every time I look at the at the, you know, at the uh, stats. So, uh, Gaudreau thirty-one, Rassovik twenty-two, Kent Johnson with thirteen, Patrick Liney with twelve, Gus Nikos with twelve. So that's your top five there. And then points, you got Gaudreau with forty-four, and uh, he's got forty-four points in forty-six games, I believe. So just a tad under a point per game. Uh, Jack Rassovik number two with twenty-six points. Uh, so he's what he got eight goals. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, four goals though. Um yeah, anyway, Jack Rosovic, twenty six points, Patrick Line, twenty five, Boone Jenner and Gus Nyquist, twenty three and twenty two, respectively. So uh it's been a season, <laughs> but um I, I at this point I only have one expectation and that's just like I said, well I guess I have a couple one. Um, just went at home. That's all I care about. Just went at home and the home the the away games will take care of themselves. And I want Johnny Gaudreau to beat um I want him to beat our Timmy Panarin's uh, team record for points in the season. I believe it was 88 or 89. So if he can, he's right around a point per game, tad under, obviously. He's kind of, you know, the whole team's kind of slumping lately. But if he can get to 90, I'll be happy. Let's just, let's finally close the door and get him off the record books. <laughs> so a lot of people have that uh, opinion. So um they're your Blue Jackets, man. They're hard to watch sometimes. Um, goalies are the goalies. They all stink this year, right? Um, I know Tarasoff got sent down a couple of days ago and promptly gave up a whole boatload of goals. So uh, I, I, I just think that's lack of playing time. I mean, he's, he, he's played more up here than he should have. 18 goals, or I'm sorry, 18 goals. 18 games is, is way too... Much for him this season. He shouldn't have been playing that much. Let's be honest; Uh, that wasn't their plan. But when you have Corpasalo and Elvis, both who are just really injury prone, uh, somebody's got to play, and it ain't going to be Jack Greaves. So it's got to be Tarasov. Tarasov is the future in net in this uh, with this team. So he's got to get down there to Cleveland or up there to Cleveland, and he's got to play and play and play and play and play the rest of the season. So um, I know. I believe it was Adam, Por- or Adam, Aaron Portsline on the radio the other day said that uh, the Blue Jackets' plan at the beginning of the season was for Tarasoff to play 55 60 games in Cleveland. And obviously, he's not sniffing that. So uh, we may have another year where he needs to sit in Cleveland. I'm not sure what their um, plan is for next year, obviously, but it's going to be interesting to see um, to see what happens. So, yeah, not sure what's going to happen there, man. But. It's uh it's been brutal. I know Corpy is a 327 goals against average. Tarasov's a 328 and Elvis is a 448. So, not very good there. Obviously, uh save percentage 908 for Terrasoff, 907 for Corpy. Man, those two are like really close with everything. And then Elvis at 868. Really hoping they um, you know, Elvis gets his head together or whatever. I don't want to you know what strike that. If it's not his head, it's not his head. I don't want to throw that out there. I have no business saying that, but sorry about that. Um, I really hope he gets his act together, starts playing well. Uh, but Corby leads the way with seven wins. Elvis has five. Tarasov has two. Um, I think we don't have any shutouts this season. I think we're one of the only teams without a shutout. And crazy stat I seen the other day, unless something has changed in the last three or four days. But I don't think Tampa Bay has a shutout either. So let's uh, – that's a win if <laughs> we're 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 tied in a goalie stat with uh with tampa bay so um yeah in terms of P, pk and and power play percentage we're not even close i'm not even gonna waste my time looking at that um just kind of scrolling through the stats i mean we're not we're not close to anything so it's really not even worth i don't think we're anywhere close to anything in any stat. so um yeah let's just Go out and, and win games, and try to try to win some games um, on the NHL level. You got stupid numbers, absolutely stupid point totals in the NHL this year. Uh, Connor McDavid has eighty eight; he's leading the way with eighty eight points in forty eight games. I mean, it's just just ridiculous. He has forty goals and forty eight assists. Uh, his teammate Leon Dreisidel, obviously seventy three points. Nikita Kucherov has sixty six. David Pasternak has sixty five. Jason Robertson, 64. Eric Carlson is sixth in the league in scoring with 62. He may, he may, be, he may uh, get more points than Roman Yossi did last year, which is nuts. Uh, Tage Thompson, 61. Macka Chuck, 59. Uh, we got Jack Hughes at 58. So this is, um, this is wild. I mean, the numbers are wild. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure McDavid's going to break 150 points this year, which I, I'd have to look. I don't know what the last time that's been done, but... Um, they need to get him out of Edmonton. <laughs> he needs to go to a team where he can compete. Um, but he's leading the league in goals at forty. Obviously, uh, David Pasternak has thirty-six. Tace Thompson and Miko Rantanen has thirty-two. Uh, when it comes to the assists, you got I believe he's leading. Yeah, he's leading forty-eight assists there. Kucherov forty-five. Uh, I am sorry, no. McDavid and Kucherov both have forty-eight. Carlson has forty-seven. Dreisaitl has forty-five. Josh Morrissey has forty-three assists. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's been a wacky year, I think. Um, your boy Timmy Panarin has forty-seven points. So yeah, I don't know. It's been a it's been a wacky year all around in hockey. I, I just um, I don't know, man. I just want to kind of want to get the season over with. I feel like it's almost over anyway, since we only have what fifteen games left at home or something like that. We have what like, three months left in the season. And we only have. Or I should say two and a half months and we only have 15 games. So it's been a wild, um, uh, been a wild ride there. So, uh, yeah, anyway, go blue jackets, I guess <laughs> just, uh, you know, I, they, they need our support, right? So keep rooting for them. However you want to root, root, whatever they're going to fin, they're going to finish bad. So I don't know if you need to actively root for a tank or not, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Couple weeks ago, we had the Ohio State Buckeyes play Georgia in a Peach Bowl. Almost worked out. Almost worked out. Didn't though. So that's that. And uh, CJ Stroud's not coming back to Ohio State, so it's the Kyle McCord and David Brown show. Uh, most of the receivers are well. Actually, all the receivers are coming back. Marvin Harrison, best best player in the country, he's coming back. Uh, all the running backs. Kate Stover. Um, a couple guys left A couple guys transferred out A couple guys going to the NFL Paris Johnson and all those guys So uh, Should be another Another good year High state football So um, Yeah I was crushed that night And I left the bar Very very upset But uh, I has got to get on with it I mean You know they won I'm sorry they lost By a point And then You know Georgia goes on to just Absolutely maul TCU They had no business being in that game But um, it is what it is So Big up to Ohio State. Good season. Come back next year and let's try it again. All right, I want to uh, give a little six one four history lesson here. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know about this particular um, about a particular incident that happened um, here on August fifteenth, nineteen seventy. So I just thought I'd, I'd go over it with you guys a little bit. And uh, what I'm doing is pulling excerpts from the Dispatch and the New York Times even. But um, So Central Ohio essentially was terrorized on August 15th, 1970. Bombs fashioned from 96 half-pound sticks of dynamite and five Mickey Mouse alarm clocks were placed in stores and under a bridge and one on a car. Although only two bombs exploded, wounding 13 people, Air Force Lieutenant William L. Harris, who placed the bombs as a diversion, to get this, to rob stores, was captured before the other three could go off. Apparently, he was in a financial hole and and figured this would uh, get him out of it if he um, set some bombs off as a diversion to go knock off some stores and stuff. First bomb, let me back up a little bit. The Reason why I bring this story up is I live about a half a mile from where all this went out or when all this went on. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it's a it's a big uh, big part of um, Whitehall's history here. But the first bomb went off at 7 p.m. at a J.C. Penney store, at Town of Country Shopping Center in, uh, like I said, in Whitehall, and also a neighboring liquor store. Eight people were wounded in that attack. About 20 minutes later, a bomb another bomb went off in another Whitehall business. Uh, the Zaire Department Store on East Main Street, and that one wounded five people, two actually pretty seriously. Just then, Vietnam veteran Roger Penwell chased Lieutenant Harris down in the store's parking lot with a motorcycle, and as Harris fled, he was shooting at Penwell the whole time. After a botched robbery attempt, Harris told Whitehall Police where the other three bombs were after he was caught after a um, uh, like a chase. Um, Columbus Fire Inspectors John O'Keefe and James Hall disarmed a 16-stick dynamite bomb outside of a Topps store on East Livingston Avenue that was set to go off at 8.30 p.m. A loose wire stopped a 30-stick bomb under an I-70 bridge near Parsons Avenue from detonating at 9 p.m. So this guy had bombs set up everywhere. Um, These are these are big bombs. (laughs) I mean, thirty six of dynamite. Are you kidding me? I mean, he would have blew that bridge to smithereens. Now, back then, in nineteen seventy, you know, I seventy was very, you know, it was fairly new. wasn't wasn't that old. Um, But check this out. O'Keefe and Hall disarmed the last bomb. There were 16 sticks of dynamite under a car at Dick Masherter Ford on East Main Street. Now, if you knew Dick Masherter Ford, it's what, closed Sundays because it's the right thing to do? I'm sure you guys have heard of that commercial, right? Right down the street from my house, actually. Uh, it was set to go off just at 10 p.m. And seconds after the wires on the bombs were disconnected, the alarm clock began to ring in O'Keefe's hands. So that's how close these guys were to um, just... Essentially, getting blown to bits here by this by this maniac. So, Pinwill, the guy who chased him down, he was he was awarded the Carnegie Hero Fund Bronze Medal in 1971 for obviously for his bravery. bravery. And Harris pleaded guilty to bombing in department stores and was sentenced to 12 to 65 years. So. I couldn't find very much more information on this guy. I don't know if maybe the military scrubbed it out or what exactly happened, but I can't find any information on this guy. So I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he died in prison. I have no idea. Um, I don't even know how old he was, really. Um, it, there's very little. Again, I think it's because he, um, you know, was in the military. I think that may have. Um, uh, played a played a part in this. So um, that was from the Columbus Dispatch, 1970. Now the New York Times version, um, they actually um, it's, it's a little different. But um, this says a motorcyclist who braved pistol fire to run down a gunman was credited today with bringing to an end a robbery attempt, which uh, in which bombs are set off in two department stores. Apparently, diversions for robbery. Twenty persons required. Hospital treatment as a result of the explosions last night in Whitehall, a suburb of Columbus. The police said packages of dynamite were found in three other places in the community. Um, actually, no, here, here's, his, uh, here's his age. William Lewis Harris, a 23-year-old first lieutenant in the Air Force stationed at nearby Lockbourne Air Force Base, which I, I believe is Rickenbacker, or Rickenbacker Airport now, was arrested at the site of the second bombing after being run down by the motorcyclist. Lieutenant Harris, who was reported to have financial difficulties, was charged with assault with intent to kill. Obviously, 50 years, 53 years ago now, um, that's all he gets is assault (laughs) with intent to kill. Now, I'm pretty sure he, you know, he get terrorism charges and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, that's actually pretty, uh, pretty shocking. 12 to 65 years. I think nowadays he probably get 12 to 65 life sentences. Uh, but witnesses say the motorcyclist identified as Roger Penwell, 22 of Columbus, apparently decided to stop Lieutenant Harris after seeing him run from the store with a gun in his hand after the second explosion. The witnesses said Mr. Penwell was fired at twice, but he veered and kept up with the gunman, uh, running him down at about 100 yards from the explosion site. Lieutenant Harris's leg, I wish they wouldn't call him Lieutenant Harris, I mean the guy tried to kill a bunch of people, and just call him. Whatever his name was, Harris, uh, his leg was broken. He was hospitalized at the base under guard. Uh, Mr. Pinwell, the guy who chased him down, he he wasn't injured. The first explosion, which occurred occurred shortly after seven, caused extensive damage to the apartment store and adjoining liquor store and shopping center. But there were no reported robbery attempts in the shopping center. A second explosion occurred twenty minutes later and shattered a discount store about two miles away. Uh, let's see, 20 were injured. Only two of the injured, uh, remained in the hospital after like a couple days. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So they found, like I said, they found 62 more sticks of dynamite. Um, one thing I did find and check this out. So, um, Roger Penwell, the guy that chased him down and stopped him, uh, Actually has a an odd kind of story too. Um, so his act of bravery actually put money in his bank account and cleared the way for him to marry his girlfriend. Uh, he was twenty three years old. Like I said, he was dodging bullets to shop this guy, to stop this guy. The motorcycle I can't talk, man, sorry, the motorcycle dealers association of Ohio gave this guy Pinwell a new motorcycle. He also received nearly $1,000 from Grateful Area store owners, a new crash helmet, and one year of free insurance, and 100 gallons of gasoline. This is crazy. (laughs) Now, listen to this. This guy, Pinwell, a twice-wounded Vietnam veteran, served two and a half years in prison for assault and battery, and battery, yeah, Salt and battery, and battery. I guess it's two different charges, and concealing stolen property. This is his quote: "The reason the money I got is so important is because I'm on probation, and in order to get permission from the probation people to get married, I have to have five hundred dollars in the bank." (laughs) This just, this whole, I don't know. This whole thing is wacky, but um, I don't know, man. It, it almost, it, to me. It almost feels like both guys both guys were in on it, but I highly doubt it. But you never know. They're both in the military, both have financial issues. Um, one guy, you know, is I mean it he, he claims it was just a diversion, right? Set off the bombs and then go rob, you know, get all the police to go to one spot and then, you know, he goes and robs a bunch of stores and gets away scot free. Gotta remember this is nineteen seventy. Dalt doors any cameras, obviously. Um, and really the, you know, anywhere from the seventies on back was like the golden era of crime. I mean, you can get away with anything. So, um, yeah, even though he didn't, uh, didn't mean to, or he wasn't trying to kill people, I guess, um, he very well could have, you know, and then he's shooting at this guy as he's chasing him down. I don't know. Seems kind of sketchy to me that both of them are, you know, same age. They're both in the military, both having financial issues yeah (laughs) but it's um, i mean obviously i don't think that this guy pinwell was gonna um you know put himself or actually i should say the harris uh, i doubt he was gonna put himself in a position to get caught you know while this other guy gets you know gets all the the press and stuff so i don't know that's just the conspiracy theorist in me coming out but um yeah so pretty wild story here that one uh that one I've known about for a bunch of years, and and it's uh, not a lot of people know about that. It's it's a, I don't know if it's just buried. Like I said, you can't find a lot on this story at all. Um, there's only I only can ever find two articles on it, and I've searched and searched and searched. I found, like I said, the New York Times, and then the uh, the article from the Dispatch um, that was actually republished in the, in the Dispatch in uh, I believe it was 2012. It was a, columbus mile post um august 15th 1970 so that's it i mean and then this was reposted august 15th 2012 that's all i can find there wasn't a lot um pictures the one of the pictures i found the guy laying on the ground and you know obviously he's broken he broke his leg and he's just kind of laying there and guys standing all around him with guns so uh pretty crazy it was a pretty crazy time and, and the fact that it, it happened not too far from where i where i live i go to town and country almost every day so town and country is one of the first uh strip malls in the united states so that's always uh it's always fun when stuff like that happens right by you right <laughs> um so there you have it man just a little uh little history lesson about uh, about something that happened in uh, 614 and yeah so um trying to get back on the saddle here trying to get uh, like i said trying to get get more podcasts out there for you guys and um we'll go from there so um before i go i just want to say fly eagles fly eagles nfc championship playing the 49ers that's my brother's team uh shout out to scott Lim out there uh big 49ers fan obviously me and you buddy we're going after it um cb jacob eagle fan i got a bunch of eagle fans out there but those are guys i talk to on a regular basis so hopefully those eagles make it to the super bowl and uh, i'll take eagles Bengals. why not Jalen Hurts versus Joe Burrow. Let's, let's do it. Um, Had to put some uh, Bengals in their place for a change. <laughs> uh, anyway, don't unfollow me for that. Um, yeah, so there we have it. Uh, we got the NFL coming to a close. Um, Buckeyes done. Hey, OSU women, they're playing, as we talk right now, they are playing Iowa. They're ranked number two in the country. And Let's do a quick... Yeah, there's five minutes left in the game and they're down by eight, so it's not looking good. Not looking good at all for uh, for the OSU women. Um, big test at home against number ten Iowa, and they're not doing too not doing too hot. Down six with five minutes left, so it's going to get interesting. Uh, the OSU men, I got no words. I got no words. Uh, they have a meltdown every year when uh, Chris Holtman. They've had a meltdown every year since Chris Holtman's been in charge. And it doesn't look like it's getting any better. So they did have a win over the weekend, which is pretty good. But this one, this, yeah, pretty much the season's a wash already. They're not going to probably not get into the tournament. And if they do, they're going to scrape in, you know, they're going to back into it. So figures, right? Uh, Anyway, that's all I got. Make it short and quick for you guys. Um, And then uh, we'll just get back on it. So if you guys want to, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at FireTheCannon, at F1RETheCannon. And, um, yeah, come on there and interact with me. Um, still going to Blue Jacket Games. Still drinking my beer at our bar. I'm not going anywhere. I haven't went anywhere. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got. So, I will see you guys later. Take it easy. Go Blue Jackets.